Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships. So we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that he gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. This series that we've been going through over the last couple of weeks is called God With Us. And uh, this series is all about what we celebrate because Jesus came to earth. Uh, this idea that God sent his son, that, that Jesus stepped out of heaven, gave up his divine authority and put on flesh and became fully human and, and came to earth. And the reason he came, and we'll talk more about this in a minute, is to die, to, to pay for our sins, to overcome death so that you and I weren't stuck here without a relationship with God and no way to be made right with God. He created in his death and resurrection a new covenant which is offered to us freely. And in what we've been talking about in this God with us series is some of the things that we receive, not because we're good enough, not because we're awesome, uh, not because we dress right. It's because of what he did, not because of anything that we did. But what we've been talking about is because God is with us, we get several different things. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, we talked about hope. God is with us. It brings hope. God is with us last week. We talked about love. And today I want to talk to you about something that I think all of us are in desperate need of and our world is in desperate need of, and that's joy. Joy. Uh, would you head over to Luke chapter 1, go to verse 26. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Uh, this is going to be our text for the morning. We're going to read a little bit of this and then read uh, just an excerpt later on. And so if you don't have the Word of God with you, if you don't have a Bible, just raise your hand. Those guys coming up and down the aisle. If you raise your hand, they're just going to hand you one. It's our gift to you. Uh, put your name in it. Head over to Luke chapter 1. If you're new to this whole church thing, I want you to grab one of those Bibles as well because you'll notice up here on the screen there's page numbers that will help you to find that scripture a little bit quicker to become more familiar with the Bible. And so uh, each Sunday, bring it in with you and you can uh, read along with us because I want you reading it. I don't want you just listening to me read it. I want you to read it for yourself because in that moment, I believe that we open ourselves up for the Holy Spirit to speak directly to us. And so that's why we pass those out. That's why I'm so passionate about you reading it uh, along with us. So make sure you grab those. Uh, we're in this Christmas season. Uh, many times you'll hear it referred to as Advent. The idea behind Advent, that, that word Advent just means actually this coming, this arrival is what it means. And, and it's this anticipation, this, uh, this awaiting, this, this longing, this yearning for the birth of Christ. And, and this is what was going on 2,000 years ago. It's been celebrated every year since then, the birth of Jesus Christ. And uh, here's what we do. We mimic what was going on 2,000 years ago by building up the season to the 25th, and it's just the date that we've chosen to celebrate the birth of Christ, but, but we anticipate, we look forward to, we long to celebrate the birth of our Messiah, Jesus Christ, and we do it by putting up decorations, Christmas trees, wrapping up gifts, and then on that morning, we gather as families and we celebrate by tearing open those gifts. Now, um, 
you know what I'm going to say as a pastor. We've kind of gotten off track, right? It's, it's become about things that it shouldn't be. But this is the idea behind Advent, this, this anticipation for the birth of our Savior. We're told that Christmas is supposed to be the hap, 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 happiest time of the year. Like it's supposed to be full of happiness. And so in that moment, instead of sticking to what it's really about, about the longing for a Messiah, a longing for a Savior, we've made it about gifts and lights and decorations and glitter and all these other things. And we wonder when we get to the end of it, why we're not as happy as we should be. Like, what happened? Like, did I do something wrong? Well, I'm told that this is supposed to be the happiest time of the year, and if I'm not the happiest dude in the world, I must have done something wrong, or there's something wrong with me. And we have people going from, hey, hap, 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 happy, to depressed, suicide rate skyrockets, all these things are going on during Christmas, and we're like, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right, there's something wrong. And, and what's wrong is we're focused on the wrong things. We're chasing happiness, and we're chasing it with everything that we have. If you don't believe me, this year the experts are projecting that globally we're going to spend over $1 trillion on Christmas. I didn't misspeak there. It's not a million. It's $1 trillion with a T, which I don't know about you, but I can't even fathom that kind of money. And we're blowing that kind of money on this season when we were supposed to be celebrating the birth of Christ, but we're spending on, on all these other things. Why? Because we're chasing happiness. It says that the average American is actually going to spend over $600 a person on Christmas gifts alone. Now, some of you got to be buying those Mercedes in those commercials because you're offsetting my cheap spending, right? Because I definitely am not spending that kind of money Somebody's having to make up for me, so somebody's spending a lot of money. 25% of those people are doing it through credit cards and putting it on debt, which they're hap, hap, happy until January rolls around and those bills come due, right? So we're getting this all backwards. We're seeking happiness, thinking that it's supposed to bring us this Christmas joy, and we're missing the point. And for many of us, I think our Christmas joy turns out to look like this. I saw that, and I'm like, that's just so awesome. Isn't that, isn't that us, though? I mean, especially come January, when everything sets in on what we tried to, to make this season, and we were going to make it special, and it was going to mean all of this, and we were going to be so happy, and it was going to fix everything, and it didn't happen. And here we are sitting there going, what happened? Now, my question is this. I don't want us to miss it this year. I don't want us to, to miss this season. And so my question is this. As we approach Christmas, how do we, how do we find true joy? How do we experience that this season like never before? I want to show you a passage in Scripture where I believe two ladies are called out in this. And it's an amazing story. As I told you last week, it's phenomenal to me when you read through Scripture and how often many of us that have been in the church for a while, we hear these stories and they've lost their wonder. We don't even bat an eye at them anymore. And I want, to read us, I want us to read the story today. And I want us to read it with new ears and see it with new eyes. And maybe see something new in this today that we haven't seen before. Because it's an, a phenomenal story. As you knew from a couple of weeks ago, there's a guy by the name of Zechariah. And he has a wife by, uh, by the name of Elizabeth. He's a priest. He goes into the temple and, a, and an angel appears to him. We read this two weeks ago. And the angel says, you're going to have a child. And, and he questions the angel like, hey, we're really old. I mean, my wife is up there in years. I'm old. 
and uh, how in the world are we going to have a baby because we haven't been able to have one and she's barren and the angel gets upset with him and says, you know what, because of your disbelief, you're not going to be able to talk until the baby's born. And he goes home, she gets pregnant, she goes into seclusion for about five to six months. And that's where we pick this story up. Take a look at this. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. This is what it says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. You would think that would be such an amazing declaration that she would be like, wow, Awesome, right? No, this is what she says. Verse 34, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women. And your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for what? Jump for what? Joy. Jump for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. What an amazing story. We have two women. One of them's old. One of them's young. They've both been visited by an angel. And have been told that they're going to conceive a child. Both of them will have boys. The, the oldest one, Elizabeth, becomes pregnant. And she's six months into her pregnancy with who we'll find out later in Scripture. It ends up being John the Baptist. He paves the way for Jesus. He declares who Jesus is. And then we have Mary, who's a young lady, a virgin. And she's told that she's going to have a child. And he will be the Son of God, Jesus. And this is what we celebrate at Christmas time. But so often we read this passage and we just... The the miracles and the wonder of it just disappears and we miss it. Now, in this, I want you to know that the the underlying truth that I'm going to run with today is this, that God with us brings joy. God with us brings joy. Imagine what's going on in this this moment. If we can go back 2,000 years and put ourselves in their sandals, what we'll realize is that they are an oppressed people. Uh, They're relying on prophecy from 700, 800, 900 years before that said God is going to send a Messiah. He's going to send a Savior. He's going to send a Rescuer. And they haven't heard anything, prophecy, haven't heard from God once 
for 400 years. He's been silent for 400 years. And in that time, they've been oppressed. They've been beaten. They've been taken from their homes. And, and now they find themselves being ruled by the Roman Empire and being taxed to such a degree they can't even move. They are oppressed. And you've got to be thinking in that moment that they're going 400 years and we haven't heard a word from God. Where is he? Does he know what's going on? And here we get an angel that appears and says, he's coming. Everything that you heard about, everything that you were told is coming true. And it's about to happen. Can I just say, can you imagine the joy in that moment? Now, some of you, I know you're in that season. You're in a, in a place where it's been dark for a while. You haven't heard from God and you're wondering, is he even paying attention? Does he know what's going on with me? And I want you to know uh, that that line that was just in that passage, the word of God never fails. God is faithful. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows what you're going through. And in that, just knowing that we have a God that cares for us, that, that knows what we're going through, there is great joy in that. Now, God with us brings joy. And, and later on in the next chapter, what we read last week, we find out that the angels make an announcement about the birth of Jesus when this finally comes about. And in the announcement, they actually tell us that God with us brings joy. Do you remember the announcement that they made to the shepherds out in the field? They said, look, um, I bring you good news of great what? Joy, which will be to people by the name of Don. No? To those who attend church. Is that what it says? No, it says good news of great joy, which will be to all people. Thank you. Some of you have been following along with the Advent study. You know this story. It's good news of great joy, which will be to all people. It's offered to everyone. This is great news of uh, good news of great joy for everyone because Jesus desires that no one should perish, that he, he sends, God sends his son to save everyone, to leave the 99, to find the one so that no one would perish. This is good news to every one of us in here, unless you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ. See, God with us means that God came down to earth. He put on flesh, and he came for a reason, to give his life, to pay a price that you couldn't pay, to go to the cross, to pay for the price of our sins. He overcame death. He overcame something you and I couldn't overcome so that you and I not only would be forgiven of our sins but would have eternal life with him. And he does all this and then he offers it to us freely. Like I've paid for all of it, it's yours. And the only thing you have to do is just claim it, to believe in me. And yet even in that great that good news of great joy, which shall be to all people, not all people receive it. It's great news, but yet it's sad at the same time because I know that there are some of you in the room who have rejected it over and over and over again. And I pray this season you won't miss out on the joy that God offers you through His Son, Jesus Christ. Once you realize 
what Jesus is, who he is to you once you come face to face with Jesus, that that limitless joy that is available to you through salvation starts to take root in your life and it starts to grow in your life and, and come out in all these different ways. It starts to play out even in tough circumstances in your life. It's amazing what the joy of God does within someone when they truly come face to face with their Messiah, their Christ. Now, some of you have been believers for a long time. You've said that you've been following Christ, but yet some of you, it's hard to find that joy. Like, I don't see that joy in your life. And can I challenge you a little bit today? I would just say it this way, uh, that wherever the joy of God is not present, wherever that is not present and you don't see it, I believe that the death sentence of sin is still in effect. Is that a harsh statement? Yeah, it's a harsh statement. But I say it to challenge you, and I, I do believe it's biblical. Like once you come to Jesus, once you realize who Jesus is and what he means to you, that joy starts to grow in your life. And I would ask the question, why don't we see it in your life? That's for those of you that that have been walking uh, this path for a while now. There should be joy in your life, in your walk with Christ. But many of us, it's, it's missing. And I would have to ask the question, why? Now, I know some of you on the other side of the spectrum have never received Christ. You've never put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ. And and I would say it this way, from this story, what I see is that sometimes people just believe. Like they see it once, they hear it, they know it to be true, they recognize it and acknowledge it, and they receive Christ right away. Others, it takes a series of God events before they'll ever really believe And if that's you, like you're struggling and believing in Jesus, you've never really received him before, uh, I want to challenge you and say, today's the day. You need to do that today. And don't be ashamed at the fact that you're struggling with that, all right? Even Mary and Elizabeth struggled with it. Remember, Zachariah struggled with it. He's a priest. He's in the the temple, and, and the angel appears to him, and his first response is, that can't happen. Like, I don't believe. All right? Well, you're not going to talk until the baby comes. And then in that moment, he goes home. His wife does become pregnant. He sees how God works through all of that. And it's not until after his son, John, is born that you see this acknowledgement that, yes, God is who he says he is. And he fulfills. He is faithful. He fulfills his promises. And then this passage that we read this morning, even Mary does it. Mary is, you know, hey, you're going to be you're going to be given a child. It's the Son of God. And, and her, her response is, I don't believe. How can that happen? I'm a virgin. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I'm having trouble with this. And you know what? Here's the great thing about it. God is okay with us struggling, with us questioning. He's okay with that. But he wants us to bring that to him. It's amazing. It's, it's not until the angel says, hey, remember your relative Elizabeth? She's old in age. Everyone thought she was barren. She's pregnant. If God can do that, he can do this. And then she changes. Hey, let everything that you've said be true. I believe. I believe. I don't understand it all. I don't get it all. I don't know how it's all going to work. But I believe. And she makes that, that faith proclamation. Some of you today, you just need to go to God and say, look, I'm struggling, but I'm going to trust. 
And I'm going to watch and I'm going to see. And I want to see you work in that so that I might believe. And I believe, here's what's awesome. God will meet us right where we're at. He'll meet us there. So God with us brings joy. Uh, Another thing that I see in this passage, and some of you, you came in here today. uh, I don't know how. Maybe somebody tricked you and invited you. All right, and you're here today. Uh, Whatever it is for you, maybe this is why you're here today, because this is the only thing that you needed to hear, and God knew that, and you're here because he wants to tell you this, that you are favored. You are favored. Every one of you are favored. You know what that means? Another word for that is is that you're you're loved. God loves you. Uh, You are not you are not unknown. Like God recognizes you. He knows who you are. He knows everything about you. He he knit you together in your mother's womb. He loves you. He knows everything about you. Yes, even where you've been, even what you've done. And some of you think you're sliding underneath the radar um, that, that if God just knew what you were, knew who you were, that he wouldn't love you. And I'm telling you today that that's not true, that you are favored whether you know it or not. Here's what I would say. Some of you need to know that you are favored today, that you are loved by God regardless of where you've been and what you've done. And you need to know that as you move into this holiday season where we recognize what Jesus has done for us. Because he did it for you. Now, why is all this important to understand? Why is it important that we place our faith in Jesus Christ, that we realize that, that Jesus came for you and he came for me? I think, first of all, it's because he's the Messiah, which is what the season's all about, right? That we have a Savior in Jesus Christ. But the second reason, I think, is because we need to understand that the only true source of joy is Jesus Christ himself. Like, it comes from him, and that's it. Uh, the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 said this, You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious and expressible what? Joy. Why? Because you've never seen him, but you trust him. You, you don't see him now, but still you place your faith in him. And there's this glorious, inexpressible joy that comes with that. And some of you don't even know what that means. Like, you've never even experienced that before. See, this is so much deeper than just happiness. We, we want to be happy. Like, we want this season to be, you know, this, this hap, hap, happy season. And we do everything we can to make that happen by, by purchasing gifts, by putting up the tree, by doing these certain events with our families. And we're trying to make it into this happy, happy season. And, and the truth that I want you to get today is that happiness is different than joy. See, happiness is defined by our circumstances. It's defined by our circumstances. It, and those things change. Like they change every minute. Sometimes even by the hour, right? Like you can be happy one minute and you can be depressed the next because something didn't go right. Happiness is like a peppermint mocha latte, right? And that's awesome. You're happy while you're sipping on it, but sooner or later, you're going to hit the bottom and you're, it's gone. And this is what happiness is. It's fleeting. And for us, pursuing happiness just for the sake of happiness is this, this really shallow pursuit, uh, Victor Frankl is a, 
Jewish Holocaust survivor back in World War II. He was rescued from a, a concentration camp, and he, and he wrote this amazing book called Man's Search uh, for Meaning. And in it, he's talking about the difference in joy and happiness. And this is what he has to say about happiness. He says, it is the very pursuit of happiness that thwarts happiness. He goes on to say, look, just the fact that you're pursuing it makes you unhappy. Because you realize it's never in your grasp. It's nothing, nothing you can control or hang on to. It's not permanent. It's temporal. But joy, joy, on the other hand, that's something entirely different. It's deeper. It goes much deeper than just happiness. Now, joy can include happiness, but it's much bigger than happiness. See, joy permeates the soul. Joy is based on gratitude. It's, it's based on meaning. It finds its foundation in hope fulfilled, especially when we're talking about in Jesus Christ. Something that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't change. The joy stays right where it's at. It doesn't fluctuate with the times or the events or the circumstances or the situation. Proverbs 16 said, Those who listen to instruction will prosper, and those who trust in the Lord will be joyful. Why? Because their trust is in Jesus Christ. It doesn't move. It doesn't change. See, joy comes from God with us. Jesus is the source of our joy. He's the only source of true joy. Peter calls it this glorious, inexpressible joy. It's part of our inheritance as followers of Jesus Christ. See, happiness is defined by our circumstances. But I would say it this way, that joy defies our circumstances. It doesn't matter what our circumstances are. It doesn't matter what season you're going through or how, how hard things are, are getting or the surprise that's right around the corner or the doctor's report that you get tomorrow. It doesn't matter that joy doesn't go anywhere. It defies circumstances. Now, I'd like to make one more point on this subject as we wrap up today, and I think it's one that you and I can apply today. And I think it's so critical because if you haven't heard this, if you don't know this, it might change everything for you for this Christmas season. And it's the fact that joy is a choice. It's a choice. We choose this. We choose to either pursue it or to reject it. Because joy is yours. It's offered to you. God with us brings joy. And if we truly understand that and we seek Jesus Christ in this season, guess what you receive? You receive hope and love and joy. Joy that doesn't go anywhere, even if you're having a tough season. Even if this Christmas isn't turning out the way that you thought it was, you can still have the joy of Jesus Christ. It's amazing to me how joy is an action, and it's kind of contagious even. You want to bring true joy into your house? Find the joy of Jesus in your own life, and you're going to see it flow out to the people around you. Uh, you remember this passage we just read where Mary comes into the house, what happens with Elizabeth? Like she gets all excited. She's, she's like super excited. And, and that joy actually rubs off on Mary as well. And, and then as you continue to read that passage from where we left off, you'll see where Mary actually starts to, to make this proclamation. It's almost like Mary's song starts to come out. And this is the way she starts it in, in Luke chapter 1, verse 46. It says, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. Do you realize 
This is a verb. This is an active form of joy. The key word there is rejoices. She rejoices. She's choosing joy in this moment. Because let's be honest, this isn't the perfect circumstance for her. She's not married. She's a virgin. And she's pregnant in a culture that if that was the case, you're stoned to death. And she didn't, she didn't ask for this. Like, she didn't ask to be the mother of God's son. She didn't ask for that, but yet that's the role that God gave her. And even in these tough circumstances, Mary is choosing joy. She's choosing to rejoice. Why? Because she focuses on the big picture and she's embracing what God is doing in her life. See, God with us brings joy. And I think in a similar way, you and I today, we have a choice. Regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstances in your life, we can do the same thing. We can choose joy. We can choose to rejoice in this moment. We can choose to embrace the miracle that really is God Emmanuel, God with us. The fact that God is with us now in his Holy Spirit. We can choose to let that permeate our life and cause us to rejoice in the moment. Help us to align our vision with the work that God is already doing in our life. See, today, I pray that we'll be able to make this a season of joy. Not hope it's a season of joy, but make it a season of joy because we know what it's really about. We know what this celebration at Christmas time represents the birth of our Savior. A Savior that came and paid a price that we couldn't pay, overcame something that we couldn't overcome, and offers it to us freely. And so regardless of what's going on this Christmas season, we can choose to have joy. Why? Because God is with us. And because God is with us, joy is with us. And it flows much deeper within our souls than happiness. And it flows outward from us because our King and our Savior, Jesus Christ, is always loving, always working in our lives, even in the tough circumstances. Now, what I'm going to ask you to do, if, if you would, just stand with me. And I'd like, to, um, I'd like to read a blessing over you and say a prayer as we dismiss today. Uh, this blessing actually comes out of Psalm chapter 5, and this is what it says. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them, and all who love your name may be filled with what? Joy. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for loving us enough that you would come, that you would step out of heaven, that you would put on flesh and become this baby in a manger that we celebrate this time of the year. God, help us not to get tied up in all the other um, distractions of the season. Help us not to chase happiness. But Lord, I pray that we would focus our attention on you and what this season represents. The fact that you would come and, and pay the price and overcome death. And because of that, Lord, we're secure in you. And may we find a permanent joy, not a temporal happiness, but a permanent joy, one that takes us through not only the circumstances of life today, but for the rest of our life and into eternity. God, we pray all of this continues to mold and shape us into the people that you've called us to be. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for joining us here at Mountain View Fellowship. We'd love the chance to meet you in person. We gather each Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at 1955 
Headlight Road in Strasburg, Colorado. If you aren't able to join us in person, we'll meet you right back here next week. God bless. Thank you.